This is the sports show we've all been waiting for. Connoisseurs of Sport features two sports enthusiasts who go beyond statistics to help you interpret the sports you love in new and refreshing ways. A scout will help you spot players and teams that have the makings of true greatness without having to rely solely on fickle statistics. And the GM will help you understand how it goes on behind the scenes, translate into what happens on court or on the field. Get ready, because no one else does it like the connoisseurs of sport. Episode 40. Well, 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 everybody, guess what? I know, look, this is the basketball GM infiltrating connoisseurs, football. I'm here with the football GM. How's it going? I'm here, man. I'm excited. Long time no see, right? I mean, it's been a while, right? It's been a while. I, like I said, I've been in the underground caves. Uh, you guys have pulled me out again. It's, it's getting to be my time here. Uh, it's ramping up football season, dynasty, rookie drafts, NFL drafts, all those fun things. Yeah. And, of course, the scout is here. He never misses a, a recording. That's right. Um, yes, we have found the football GM, folks. He had a nice long vacation. <laughs> and we, have pulled, we have pulled him back in. He is back. You did pull me in for that basketball one. I made a special guest appearance. That's true. But that was like three years ago. It seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah. We're going to have to get you back for basketball. We're going to have to see what you're thinking when, when the yes. finals come. But how about the finals? What you thinking, Scout? Finals time? Yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, we want to do something. Well, we'll talk about. We'll discuss that offline. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So, but you will be seeing the football GM on the basketball side. Yeah, so we're multi-talented here. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. we try to be. So, what we're gonna do in this episode is talk about the NFL draft this year, which happened a little over two weeks ago. Right now, number one pick, Jared Goff. We'll get to him. We won't get to Mr. Irrelevant, which I think is so so disrespectful, <laughs> who is uh, Caleb Reed out of Southern Miss. He went to the Titans. Let's see how long he stays there at the 253rd pick. Come on, right. NFL, 253 people. Big shout to Mr. Irrelevant yeah. from the show. And some other notes I picked up from Wikipedia for you guys' sake. Uh, most selections went to the Cleveland Browns. They had 14. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, they moved around, yep. Yeah, and the, and the fewest went to the Saints and the Panthers at five. Really? Yeah. Because I know they, everyone's trolling the Patriots. They stole a lot of their picks, you know, for the uh, deflate gate nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know they just stole one. I know they lost that first round. I don't know what else they lost, but. Yeah, yeah. Also, mm-hmm. the Ohio State University. Mm-hmm. Mm. Became the second school in history to have three top ten picks and five first round picks. Really? Yeah. Now that I had no idea of. Mm-hmm. And and as I'm watching the draft, uh, even the second round, the third round, every time they pick an Ohio State guy, they add him to the list of all of the Ohio State guys being picked. <laughs> they flash to the Ohio State coach and let him make a comment on you yeah. know each player's abilities and why he's great and. So it was a, a huge Ohio State draft. Yeah, so OSU is all over the place. Now, what we're going to do in this episode, everyone, is focus on the prestige positions. <laughs> yes. 
okay, we're going to get to your quarterbacks. We're going to get to your wide outs or wide receivers. And we'll get to running backs. And I think that's where we're starting. So without further ado, here we go. Running backs. Running backs. Got the, the top two, Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Now, who you want to start with there? Let's start with uh, Mr. Elliott. Um, first of all, this is the Rodney Dangerfield position. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they get no respect. Yeah. Why yeah. is that? Why, why do they get no respect? I, I guess the career the career trajectory, um, uh, the punishment they take, and, you know, yeah. you get this whole thing where they, they kind of fall off the table production-wise and physically. Right. Um, at When you approach age 30, I tend to look at it as a carry thing. I don't know. I mean, a GM have had um, – discussions about this um i like to look at the carry count and when guys get around 2,000 carries mm-hmm. and these are elite guys because most guys ain't getting the 2,000 carries i mean yeah i was just, just that straight yeah i was just gonna say that and this is the big struggle now and if you know we're talking you know where guys are going it's the transition of you know we're gonna we're gonna talk a little fantasy here a little dynasty draft mix right but it's it's that transition is Who's featured nowadays? Like, it is so mm-hmm. hard. You got teams going out and drafting a guy in the third, a guy in the fourth, and I'm talking running backs. And you don't know who's going to be featured. And they have a guy that just uh, did well last year. I mean, you know, right. Seattle. Yeah, we'll get into that just yeah, yeah. strategically and how that works. But back to uh, Mr. Elliott, who was the, I guess, the cream of the crop this year. Yeah. yeah, and also um, about the carries thing. Just to note for the listeners, it's mm-hmm. also what teams consider when they're drafting guys. They don't want them in too long in college, because yeah. that that adds on to that. So yeah, that's very right. important. Now, let me ask you: Do you count not just running carries, but also if they are receiving? Yes, it's touches. Carry. Really, you want to look at touches. It's touches um, yeah, yeah uh, I said carries because I have a clear marker. I've done my own research on carries. Yes, sir. Um, I'm not sure what the touch count is, but yes, that does matter. Anytime you're taking a hit. Yeah, yeah, you're taking a beating there, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 tough. So um we, let's get an Elliot, right? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So top guy, um, I don't know if we want to get into uh strengths. I'll get into his strengths, which are many. Um he really does it all, well balanced running back, and when we say does it all, we mean um, the third down game, which is passing, catching passes, and also um, pass protection, which is really where a lot of college backs coming into the league have the most room to grow. Yeah. So that can keep them off the field. You can't protect that quarterback. The coach is going to be hesitant. Um, so he does that well. I'll start there. And, and, and backing up into the running, um, the one thing I'll say with him being in the cream of the crop, and, and, and GM, I believe you will agree with this, he's not typically what you're used to seeing in the top running back, whereas he's not an explosive runner. Yeah, that's right. and we've talked about that. The We don't see, and when we say explosive, the Todd Gurley-ish, the Adrian Peterson-ish, the guys right. that would justify that high of a pick. Um, in some people's minds. And he went extremely early with the fourth pick in the first round. So, Right, which, you know, let me put it this way. He's not an explosive runner, but there's so many positives with his game with running the ball. Um, He has great feet, and he varies his speeds well. 
I'll yeah. say it's it's even it's it's quite remarkable the way he does this. Where and what that does, football is a game of angles. Yeah, right. Especially when you get to the NFL, and he really is able through footwork and changes direction ability subtle. Now he's not going to give you the hard cuts and things like that. You used to see him with a guy maybe like what like a Gale Sayers going way back or a Barry Sanders type, but it's subtle movement where he sets defenders up. Mm-hmm. Okay, to take bad angles and either A, they completely miss, or B, it's a glancing blow that he can bounce off of. And if he, you know, if you're saying he's not uh, like a power runner all the way, then right. that's going to be necessary for him to get work. And maybe that's going to help him to maintain his health if he's not cutting too hard. I agree 100%. He's a guy I could see holding up just because he doesn't take a lot of hard shots. Even if a guy, you know gets a shot on him he's able to wiggle or or like i said various speed changes footwork change the angle so he's not taking direct hit direct hits mm-hmm. uh, what i love about him most as a runner um is his ability to no matter what move he does prior to he's able to still run behind his pads reset and get back into that downhill position meaning this a lot of guys you'll see maybe make a, a quick cut or a spin move Right, and then the next defender that comes is able to catch them coming out of that move because they're not able to transition and get into a good pad level, what we call it, mm-hmm. which is to get their pads low, right, so they can get behind them and push forward. Because you always want the running back. We hear this all the time. He has to fall forward, right? Yeah. You always yeah. want to get those extra yards, that one or two yards. So what he does well, and what makes it, he's really gifted at, is coming out of those cuts, out of those moves, the spin move particularly and able to then immediately get his pads low. So unlike uh, most running backs, 90% of the running backs out here who come out of those moves, he's not, if he encounters another defender, that defender is not going to get the best of him, meaning get beneath him and then be able to drive him back. Yeah, and to expound upon that, I think um, that is one of the major things that we look at um, with the running back position is exactly what you're talking about is if he's getting low, that means the defender's high on him. And that right. means he's able to push that defender for another three to four yards. That's a huge, huge deal um, when talking about the ability for yards after contact, things like that. So if they're not getting low, that means defenders are able to get low, hence cutting down that yards after contact. Right, and the reason we, we we touched on the other things he does well, kind of the off-the-ball things he does without the ball. But I think, and we'll have some links to accompany the show, when you watch him, you really have to take your time watching him as a runner because you may look at him and say, okay, well, what's the big deal here? Yeah, 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 exactly. Right, even I think me and UGM kind of started there with him. Yeah. But it, it's really, you really have to watch him and almost when you get into some of the, the tape and the film, you have to slow it down almost to really appreciate what he's doing footwork-wise. So, um, it, again, the thing I taught, we just talked about what sticks out most with him is being able to come out of moves and transition into still getting behind his pads and running with power or finishing the run is what uh, we hear a lot. But also, his footwork, he has a lot of moves where he varies his stride I see, and it's, it's really beautiful to watch. And he has this this one move where uh, he'll he'll kind of plant and take a long step, yeah. right? And then he'll shoot past the defender just by, via that long step. So he'll plant his lead leg ahead, maybe a yard, 
and use that to spring himself forward. And then, so he's in one place, and then boom, he's by the, the defender. So it's kind of a stop-start move almost. I see yeah. that a lot with him. Um, and that, and, and the reason I wanted to bring that up is because not being explosive, and this is where the limitation with him as a runner, and I'll close here, is even if he gets a guy off balance and gets a guy to stop, he's not always able to outrun them when he picks up again. His acceleration isn't necessarily there as a runner. So right. it's very important that he has other tactics, just like the one I just mentioned, Yeah, right, to get by defending. Because I've seen him, you know, kind of get a guy frozen and then try to hit the corner and he's not able to get there. So he does have other tools to offset that. I want to say that. So just just a, a great prospect. I think he'll do very well Yeah, I think um, he's in, in Dallas. Ideal, yeah, ideal yeah. situation. I was going to say ideal situation. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt of how they're going to use him every down. Um, the Dallas offensive line is already intact, ready for, yeah, success, yeah. Ready for success that way. So uh, he's going to be a stud. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and dynasty-wise, I think he's the first player selected in dynasty drafts. I don't know all the folks out there if you've had yours yet, but he's the guy. Yeah, he's the one. Right, so talent plus situation, which we're talking about the Cowboys, which is an established situation, great offensive line, quarterback, stud receiver on the outside. It's just the, you know. Perfect. Yeah, he's the guy, so. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it sounds like you're saying he's well-rounded uh, yes. at that position. Yeah, he can do a little bit of everything, which is important in in the league. So good for Ezekiel. We'll see what happens with him. Now, are there any players – current or in the past that remind you or that he reminds you of? <sighs> That's a good question. I. That's why I'm here. You know, yes, but mine, but the guys that are like that are typically more explosive. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very fluid. Um, so maybe a, a Matt Forte type. I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good one. Um, in, but in Matt Forte isn't able to bury his strides like that. Yeah. Or so that's that, just not how he runs. Yeah. But I would say that's a similar uh, – there's a similar guy there. I don't – GM, you got one? No, I was thinking about it as well. I mean, I, I would – you know, Ingram kind of came to mind a little bit to me. Mark, Mark Ingram. Ingram. Yeah. Um, but I think he's definitely – a step above as far as across the board with the everything that can be done. Um, but I see some similarities there personally when I watch them. Yeah. That's a good question, though. I think Mark Ingram's a good comparison. Mark Ingram, I think, is a little more explosive in in the 10, 10 to 20-yard area, meaning his acceleration. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a little stronger. But, yeah, I think that's a good – Hmm. And it seems like, you know, uh, Elliot it has compensated for some of that with some other skills. So we'll keep a, a, a watch on him. But what about Mr. Derrick Henry out of Alabama going to the Titans? <laughs> yeah, I'll start, let me start that one off just by saying this This was a real interesting pick. Let's see. The Titans bring in – who did they bring in? I can't even remember his name. Oh, DeMarco? Thank you. DeMarco Murray. Big money DeMarco? Oh, my goodness. Here, I'm fired out of the gate to start off on this one, and I can't remember DeMarco Murray's name. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, they bring in DeMarco Murray, which was interesting. Um, And then they draft Henry, which I guess kind of hurts some people's boards. I'm talking dynasty now. So this is the interesting dynasty aspect is DeMarco is not young either, and he's got, you know, some mileage. um, And they bring in Henry who 
I don't know, I'll let you take it away from here and we'll talk about his skill set uh, is definitely a different skill set than... Yeah, now, just to jump the gun on the comparison thing, I don't know that we have one for him. Oh, there you go, because, <laughs> you know, it was coming. Look, yeah. he is 6'3", 247 is what he weighed in at. Wow. You know, okay. First of all, you're dealing, running backs are, I mean, even if you want to take the 247 as being an outlier, I'm more focused on the 6'3". Yeah. I mean, as a running back who has to play with leverage normally, that's a long way to go from standing up to getting your pads low. (laughs) That's That's why he doesn't do it often. Right. So there's some exposure when you're a tall running back. You know, I'm thinking if anyone remembers Chris Brown, who was also a Titan, the Colorado running back years ago. I think maybe that might have been the early 2000s, late 90s. If anyone remembers him, um, um, Arian Foster is one of a taller back, but Arian Foster doesn't run as tall. I'll say that's true. So he doesn't expose himself. That's true. Um, Derek Henry. First of all, we did, we didn't much get into run scheme, but I, I look at him, and you have the, the zone schemes and the gap schemes, right? Whereas the zone running, we all know that's front side running. Um, we think Gary Kubiak, um, where the offensive lineman essentially is what it's called. They block a zone, not a man. Right. So that's if, if, and just to make it simple, if you're watching football on Sunday or even Saturday and you see the entire line take a one step in unison mm-hmm. and it's a run play, you know, that's a run play, one step to the right, mm-hmm. right? That's the zone play. And in those cases, you need your running back to be a little more creative because he's going to read the blocks and read the helmet of the defender and then key off of that and determine his running lane. I'm not going to get too much in depth into this, but we're going to have a link. We have a link where um, Chad Spann, former running back, kind of goes through the difference between zone and gap. But in this case, the gap plays is what you more of your, you know, you're thinking your 1980s Washington Redskins, your hogs, your your, your counter tray, your power runs, um, where they'll pull alignment. Right. So you take a lineman from one side and pull them to the other. So here's the big difference. In a zone play, you run toward your, your offensive line. In a gap play, you're going to run against them. So you're going to run to their butts. And that pulling guard, which is typically what it is, is who you're going to follow. Yeah. So having said that, Derrick Henry, I think, is a solid gap runner versus Ezekiel Elliott, who can run in both schemes. So this matters depending on, you know, based on where you go, right? So Derrick Henry, again, um, he's a guy that's going to be a one-direction guy, maybe one cut, but he's not going to have the, the the varied strides we talked about with Elliott. He's not going to be as, 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 as diverse in movement, I'll say. Explosive back, big back. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll be able to break, ta- break tackles of anyone. I'm talking from obviously the defensive backs to all the way down to he's broken defensive linemen's tackles as well. But we're talking about a guy that's 6'3". I'm just going to say 250 because it's easier to say. Mm-hmm. Um, has the long speed as well. But he is not able to deal with penetration from the defense. Meaning this, if a guy gets in the backfield, he's pretty much done because you you have to reroute him. Yeah. Or he has to reroute. So if a guy shoots in and takes away where he's going, I don't have confidence that he has the ability yeah. to change his plan like an Elliot can. Mm. Now, now is that is that a footwork issue? Is that he he doesn't have enough strides to get his speed up? What yes, was the footwork? Um, just anatomically, he's just a huge guy. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I, I, I'm not going to hold that against him. Right. I right. can't say, well, this is a weakness for him. It's who he is. Yeah. Okay. Well, can, can he block for pass plays? There's some work that needs to be done there, like all backs. But he's willing. When it comes to blocking, um, and we talked about Elliott, who is advanced in that area. Yeah. Um, typically, if I'm looking at a running back and I want to see if he's going to develop into a blocker, because really we're projecting. Um, I want to look at, one, his comfort with contact. Does is he physical? Does he like it? Yeah. Right. Does he run away from it? Does he avoid it? Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry is not avoiding contact, and he has the tools, the physical tools, not to. Mm-hmm. Right. That's one. Two, it's a technique thing, and typically guys come out they don't have the technique. But Henry has pretty decent technique. Now he played. He went to University of Alabama, played for Nick Saban, so it's a lot of pro coaching going on there. So he is good enough to be on the field, but he needs to get better. And also, there's another element to pass protection from running backs. You have to be able to diagnose and read what the defense is doing so you can diagnose where the blitz is coming from. Because if you don't see it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you got to know where to be before yes. they come. Yeah, so I think he is almost as good as you're going to see of a college back, save for Ezekiel Elliott coming out as a blocker. And I think he will develop into a really good blocker. The problem is, do you want him on the field on third down because of the pass catching? Right. Yeah, pass did, you, did you did you want to talk about kind of the pass catching? I know you've talked about that with me a few times. Not 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 something he's going to excel at at any point. You think he can develop into it, or is it just what it is? Yeah, I, I, that's not something I'm going to see uh, improve too much over time. I think it is what it is, and I think there's going to a lot of be a lot of times that he's going to be off the field on third downs mm-hmm. uh, because of that. Uh, but the one thing I wanted to stress with Henry when I see what I see, and I think you did this earlier on, but I want to stress this is I think the scheme is very, very important for him. Right. Uh, just just to push that in, because if he gets in where we said Ezekiel Elliott, any scheme can work for him. He can modify, adjust. Uh, I don't see that being the case with Henry. It has to be the right scheme with him and more than him making things happen I think that the things need to happen to make his magic happen you have to get him to the line of scrimmage and and give him a gap to run through is what we're saying so he's going to rely more on his offensive line more than Elliott will kind of He'll need his offensive line, but he'll also make his line better, we're thinking. Similar to what an Arian Foster does, where he'll set up defenders. He mm. sees so far ahead of the play, and, and also not only do they see it, but they have the physical tools, like we said, the, the footwork to maximize what they see. Oh, it's a, you know, it's a unison, or it's, 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 it, everything's happening in concert. Whereas Henry, again, we said we think he's a gap runner, um, which is... It, it's a predefined place you're going to run. Okay, gap runners or gap schemes, just look, this play is designed to go into the B gap. That's where he's going. And that's where he has to go. Right. right. Now, the defense can do something and close the B gap, and maybe you get a minor adjustment from the back then. Um, but by and large, it's, it's, this is where the play is designed to go. This is where it's going to go versus the zone scheme, which is you got to figure it out. You, you know, you have your reads, and again, we will link to it, um, your primary read, and then also – it's two reads. I can't think of the second one in the zone scheme. But anyway, nevertheless, um, pass catching for Henry, I think he'll be solid as far as catching the ball in the flat, the run of the mill stuff. 
But as far as being able to work him into the passing game, maybe, you know, some some quick slant kind of action, circle routes, those kinds of things, I don't think he'll be able to play that kind of advanced level. Yeah, I um, and I, but I think Elliott will. So um, big back, definitely an asset. Um, not knocking it. Um, and also what I also want to say is um, pro teams typically, it's not like you have a zone. I think a lot of times it's presented as you have a, an offense and it's strictly a zone running offense and you have a gap running offense. Um, teams employ both. So there's room for he, and, and we're talking about Murray here who can yep. run both schemes. Um, he's able to run both. But they're, they're, it's not like, you know, you have to go to a team that definitely runs one. Okay, right. they all do a little bit of, of everything. So yeah, yeah okay. I was going to say real quick that I think you'll see him on the field, even with Murray there. You'll see him on the field quite a bit this year. Um, right. If you're worried about goal line carries with Henry, well, don't worry no longer because yeah, dynasty wise, I wouldn't shy away from him because Murray's there. Now, what about uh, some of the other backs that were drafted? Any thoughts on them, and then we'll move on. Yeah, we. I mean, we have Kenneth Dixon. I think the guys, the guys that are most talked about, Kenneth Dixon, Devontae Booker, C.J. Procise, are guys I've identified. Um, again, this is a situational thing. I think they can all produce if they're given opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenneth Dixon is 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 like uh, I would say is closer to the Elliott mold um, as far as he could probably run in any scheme, mm-hmm. um, just not as talented. Right. Um, doesn't have as much wiggle, that kind of thing. So, um, and Devontae Booker, I think he can run in both schemes. He's a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He can be rushed to me sometimes. It's old yeah. saying, you know, um, uh, slow to the hole, fast through the hole. Mm-hmm. Slow to, fast through. Yeah. Whereas you take your time getting to the hole, and then when you see it, boom, you burst through because you're also setting up the defense. That's an issue I see sometimes with Booker where he seems to be in a hurry. Yes. So, so that's his, something fixable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so the offensive fixable. line can't really set for him, you're saying? Yeah, that, yeah. right. And also the great runners, and again, the good to great runners are setting up the defense. Yeah. Right. 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 So even though they, they, they're not even looking, that's like a great basketball player or a great scorer. They're not looking at the guy that's guarding them. They're looking at the help defense behind them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why you want to, you know, if you hit, if you're running at a certain angle at the, and you're attacking the line of scrimmage at that angle, and then boom, you burst through and you adjust your angle slightly. Not only is, are you going to get through the hole, but the secondary, the second and third level, the linebackers, the defensive backs are also going to be, in a bad position, they're out of position. Right. Yeah, because they've already committed, you're saying. Exactly. Look, remember, in the NFL, one or two steps, you're dead in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And what about – yeah, what about ProSize? Yeah, I was just going to – yeah, I was just going to – Want to go on ProSize? Yeah. You well, I was going to say, just speaking of what – exactly what you just said there, uh, the things that I see that ProSize does really well, and tell me if you agree, Scout – but he looks at that next level of defense very well. So his head is always up. He's always uh, ready for that second level of defense. So mm-hmm. he'll set that first level up, beat them, and he's already ready for that second level of defense. I really noticed that a lot with him. Yeah, what I'll say about Procise now, he was started as a defensive back, a safety then right. moved to wide receiver and is now a running back. And this didn't happen when he was in Pop Warner. This was recent. Mm. You're looking at a guy that, that hasn't played the position long, okay, that maybe doesn't have the refinement. Mm-hmm. 
right? So now, right, as the GM said, he flashes the ability to see beyond and, and to set people up, but I don't think he does it as consistently as he could and will. So sometimes he'll make his decision making isn't always right. Sometimes he'll bounce it when he shouldn't. Sometimes, and you know, running back is, is really a decision making position. So he's a guy that's interesting to me. Um, you think he'll have uh, the opportunity to develop those skills in the NFL? I'm glad you asked that. Perfect place he goes to, right? The Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. Who have really, I mean, coaching-wise, system-wise, they have really, they're the model franchise, with all due respect to the Patriots, I think, for the past, what, maybe five years, as far as getting guys in there to fit their scheme, fit their personality, coaching them up, and maybe taking guys that weren't necessarily supposed to be, air quote, successful, Mm-hmm. Coaching him in, into being successful, so I think that is he couldn't land in a better place. Yeah, and they, even what they did with uh, Russell Wilson, the patience to develop yes. him uh, on down the line. Okay, and, and the last thing I want to say about the running backs, Procise being a wide receiver, obviously it will be dynamite in the pass catching game in the passing game. Yes, again, is going to have to learn how to protect, and also Devontae Booker and Kenneth Dixon. All these guys we're talking about catch the ball really well. Yeah. So they'll be able to have the dual threat, and they'll work on the passing, the, the pass blocking as well. So um, healthy class, maybe not the explosive guy, you know, the girly like the GM said, the Adrian Peterson, even maybe the job at best CJ Spiller type, where they just jump off of the the film. But guys that are really talented have a lot of skills that may be subtle, but they get you a long career and they yeah. help teams win. So all right, let's let's move on to wide receivers. So here we go with the wide receivers, the wide outs, everyone's favorite position, right? If you're going to play football, this is the one. Well, they won't. Well, I'll tell you one thing about wide receivers. They ain't running in the B gap. Ah, uh, they'll see. You didn't. <laughs> See, you didn't explain the gaps to the people. Some I know. people who don't know football that well don't know. That's between the guard and the tackle and the offensive line. There yeah. you go. Because the gaps, just if you don't know, the gaps radiate, radiate outward from the center. Correct. Starting with A, going to B, C, whatever. Yeah, on so, both sides. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. My apologies. But that's okay. You know why? Because we're talking wide receivers now. I know. Right. And they're not running in the gaps. <laughs> they oh. sure are. <laughs> we're not worried well, about it. Well, one of them may. Corey Coleman does. From oh. Okay. Okay. So, so now, wait a minute, though. In your list, Scout, you have La- Laquan Treadwell ahead of Corey Coleman, even though Coleman was drafted before Treadwell. Yes. About- um, Laquan Treadwell is my spirit animal. <laughs> yeah. And let me stop you there before you get into that, because that's perfect. Uh-huh. That's perfect, Scott. Hold on. As listeners know from previous football podcasts, uh, the GM is a Vikings fan. Yes, he is. And the Vikings acquired your spirit animal, as you say. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say he's my spirit animal, but I love him. Yes, Laquan Treadwell. I love that he landed in Minnesota. The landing spot is perfect. I think he will be great for Teddy Bridgewater. Is it now, GM? Is the landing spot perfect? <laughs> <laughs> it is perfect. Uh, I love it. So that whole night we were watching that draft together. Yeah. I was on the edge of my seat praying and hoping they would take Treadwell. You saw it. You were sitting across the table from me. You saw it in my eyes. 
and when it happened, I exploded into happiness. Anyway. <laughs> also, we get we get Teddy some help. I, finally, right? Yeah. And he's going to fit what Teddy does, most importantly. And also, remember now, they have North Turner as the offensive coordinator. And who was the did North Turner coordinate? And that was a little sloppy with the terminology. But he was the coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys when they had the triplets, right? And who was the wide receiver uh, portion of the triplets? Mr. Michael Irvin and Laquan Treadwell's skill set fits what Mr. Michael Irvin does very well. So not only do we have a guy with uh, oogobs of talent outside of this 40 time everyone wants to harp on, and we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's a stylistic fit. Remember, this matters. It's a scheme fit and a style. It's a style fit for what the offensive coordinator wants to do, Mr. North Turner. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. first of all, let's just get the the forty time. Let's just put this to bed. We all know he ran in the high mid to high four sixes. I think he turned in a four six five and a four six eight. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And everyone is up in arms about that. Okay. Listen, I don't care. The scout does not care about forty times. Why? Let me just throw that down. Because first of all, if you don't know what you're doing. It doesn't matter how fast you are. It's about play speed. So yeah. if if I look at him, and I watched him a lot, obviously. I watched his tape a lot before we got the 40 time. And so if I look at a guy on tape, and he's playing at a speed that's acceptable, mm-hmm. or at a speed where I'm not looking at it like, wow, this guy is, is you know really dragging here or slow. Like when you look at Kyle Lowry of the Toronto Raptors. Oh, dig, dig, dig. That was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah. But I thought um, you were gonna go to like a tight end speed, and you you went right, you went right in the basketball. Oh well, right, well yeah, okay. I did. That's because that's on my mind with Game Seven today. But anyway, um, <laughs> he does not play at a speed that's deficient. Are okay. there any Are there any great wideouts who weren't great forty runners that you? Oh, there's so many. There's so many. Yeah, me and the GM talk about this all the time. Anquan Bolden. Yeah, I don't know what Michael Irvin's forty time was, but it wasn't fast. No, the, the great Jerry Rice forty time. There you time, go. Not fast. Um, uh, more in recent memory, DeAndre Hopkins. Everyone knows. Yeah. Um, Fitzgerald. I think I said Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, we can go on and on. Listen, straight line speed at the wide receiver position. Yeah, ain't as important as it's made out to be. I think okay. you just destroyed the 40 on that. Thank you. Okay. Well, yeah. not to mention, <laughs> let me also say this. He broke his leg or femur or ankle. He broke his leg, what, I think his two years ago? Yeah. And I think the – I read something about the Minnesota doctors believe he'll even regain speed. Get faster as healing right. uh, occurs. time, right, where you're still on the upswing. Correct. Mm recovery and they believe also he'll re- he'll even get faster he plays fast enough but let me tell you why I, why I love him he is one of the most physical mm-hmm. what just nasty wide receivers with, with regards to play mm-hmm. that I've ever seen and that's what we like in the Anquan Bolding. So what does that look like on the field? You're talking about getting off the line of scrimmage. You're getting talk- off the line of scrimmage, yeah. yes. Even in catching the ball at the catch point, it's just a violence to his movement. Right. Like, and let me tell you where it's most glaring, and we don't talk about this much with wide receivers, is his blocking. Yeah, that's what. That's one of the big stresses for him is his blocking. I mean, You want to know if wide receiver likes contact more than anything else. 
watch him block. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. looks forward to it. Uh, and that helps also uh, to keep the defense honest. Yes. Because if they look at you and go, oh, we know that this is this is going to be a run play based yep. on your attitude, and, you know, and that puts your team in the hole. So that's 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 very interesting for Treadwell. Um, and where but, is he going again? Uh, Minnesota. <laughs> Who's Go playing ahead. in Minnesota? Go ahead, GM. Tell us where he's going. He's going I'm, to Minnesota, and he <laughs> plays with the great Adrian Peterson. Bingo. Yes. So that's why I love him. It's the, the physical nature of his play. We talked about, look, he doesn't shy away from contact. He even likes it. Um, at the catch point, he's strong. Dominant. What I like to say is, yeah, dominant, right. What I like to say is when I watch guys catch the ball, I want it to seem like it's an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not like they're struggling or they're even focusing on it. Even though they are, you got to look the ball in, yada, yada, yada. We know the yeah. fundamentals. But a guy that catches it so easily, catches it through contact. That's another thing. You know, GM, I talk about that all the time. Yeah. I catch the ball while being hit. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Um, what about his catch radius? Oh, wow. That's, again, that's another thing. He catches the ball away from his body. Everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Everywhere, right. And what does that allow and just you so to- the folks know, if you don't know what that is, that means what they're saying here. It, can you catch it? It's just the ball's not just coming to you. Can you extend? Right. Can you get it behind you if the if the pass isn't the proper pass? Can right. you still get it? Um, so, yeah, we all know about Odell Beckham Jr.'s catch radius. Yes. Right. Um, so right. You think of some of the greats. Um, that also makes you a threat in the red zone with the red zone fade option. And not only when you're that kind of threat, it opens up other routes, too. So he can do it all. A lot of people say he won't be able to get deep because of that stinking 40. Let me tell you something. That doesn't matter either. Yeah, well, first of all, they get on Teddy for not being able to throw deep anyway. So I'm not even going to get into that. It's another podcast. But, um, yeah, I, he's going to be able to do it all. Um, and, again, like you said, uh, moderator, the catch radius is there. And, and to make it really simple as far as catching away from the body, it's just what the, you hear people say he's a hands catcher. Yeah, yeah, right. hands catcher with defenses draped on him. Right. And mm. also, just to give you a little tidbit on that, when you catch with your hands, it gives you a second chance if you mishandle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meaning you'll see if it hits your hands and you don't get it cleanly, you have another opportunity versus if you let it get to your body and into your pads, like another prospect who went in the first round, Mr. Will Fuller. Will Fuller. I was just going to throw him in there. Right. You don't have another shot at it. And also, that plays you're just not going to be able to make. So... Look, I love yeah. LaCon Treadwell. I think he's going to be a star. Yes. Yes. And I'll leave it there. And I'm Excellent. glad he ran a 4-6 because now he slipped down to the 23rd. Oh. Like you, you talk about your fantasy prospects there. Well, that's one thing. Let me say, right, when we look at – sometimes I'll look at the 40 strictly to see if a guy runs slower or faster – to see where it's going to go. Right. So if it's a guy I don't like, I'm hoping for a fast 40. Yes. Latch onto it. Yeah. And I know it'll elevate them. And then I'll, maybe someone will slip that maybe runs a slower 40 that I like. Like, well, Treadwell didn't slip in the dynasty drafts, but still, maybe you get a shot at him because people go, ah, he ran a 4-6. He's not going to be able to play. But this guy ran a 4-3. I like him better. It, it just works. That's the reason I pay attention to the court. That's a, that's a good tidbit there. Um, let's also bring in Corey Coleman out of Baylor, went to the Browns, and Josh Doxson out of Texas Christian, mm-hmm. going to the Redskins. Redskins yeah. You want to go Coleman first? 
Yeah, we do Coleman. Well, Col- I have a, I have a huge crush on Coleman. I'll say Coleman um, in movement reminds me of Odell Beckham the way he moves. I agree. I agree. The explosive nature of his play. Now, again, like the moderator said, the catch radius ain't there. But I mean, uh, it's Odell Beckham. I mean, no one catches the ball like that. Well, right. you gotta practice. But he's practice. not. That's also well. That's also. I mean, I'm I, joking. I'm joking. <laughs> you gotta rehearse. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But yeah, he Coleman is not on that level. Probably will never be. But doesn't matter. He sometimes lets the ball get into his body, as we say, you know, where he, you know, he doesn't do the hands thing. But he can do it when needed. So if he has, if it's a bad ball, yeah, he has to extend for it. He'll go get it. Yeah. So that's there. Um, I think one of his big knocks. I was going to let you touch on is uh, the route tree. Uh, a lot of I know in college they didn't have them run if they weren't included in the play. Uh, he they would figure quotes take plays off uh, because they were coached. They were told to do so if they weren't involved in the play. Right. And then we can get into the offense they run, which is an air raid yeah. style offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you know, it, you have the traditional. Hey, you're air talking raid. about that Baylor runs. Baylor runs the air raid right with uh, Coach Art Art Bryles. Um, who was a former Mike Leach assistant, who we know Mike Leach from Texas Tech, um, who also, um, with Hal Mummy, they kind of were the godfathers of the air raid coming out of the BYU system with LaBelle Edwards and so forth and so on. So when we talk about the air raid, limited route tree, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, a, a, in theory, it's a simplistic offense where you allow your players to adjust to what the defense does. Yeah. Right, so he's more of a free runner. You'll see him probably run slants, goes, and maybe a curl. That's wow. pretty much the extent of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so no hard breaking routes, no comebacks, no strong digs, nothing like that. So those are things he's gonna have to learn. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also gonna have to learn how to read that proverbial triangle when we talk about the wide receiver and we talk about the defender that's in front of him, which will be a cornerback, the near linebacker, the near side linebacker. So what that means is if I'm on the weak side, it's the will or the weak side linebacker. If I'm on the strong side, which would be different because you have the tight end on that side, so you're working in tandem, but it would be the strong side linebacker. So you want the near linebacker, yeah. and then the third component is the near safety. I mean, the near safety. Mm-hmm. Right. And just so the listeners know, you called out will for weak side, so Sam is strong side linebacker, just throwing that all in. Look at the moderator flexing. Hey, hey, you know, I don't – the little bit I know, I'm going to put in here. Now, <laughs> so that's good. I, I'm getting the difference between Treadwell, Coleman, why you're putting Treadwell ahead of Coleman. What about Doxon? Just quick on him, and then we'll move into quarterbacks. What we're waiting for. Um, GM, I know GM, the GM, you, you lo- loves Doxon. I so, love Doxon. You want to tell us what you love? Uh, well, first of all, uh, I think he is the best in this draft of – what we talked about catch radius um i think catching away from his body the ability to adjust to the ball at the last moments which is huge we talk about that as well mm-hmm. um you can set up defenders and the ability to make that quick adjustment so they may not know where the ball is yeah you can put yourself in that position quickly with that with those physical traits that he has, so kind of the late hands, late hands, yeah, the late hands talk. Yeah, uh, and, and I, for those that don't, I'll just GM before you go on, just late hands. So, um, is is when the guy's running a route, and even though the ball's in the air, mm-hmm. if you show your hands, the defender's going to see that. So yeah. even if you, have a, if you have a guy running with you, and typically they're not facing the line of scrimmage, they don't know when the ball's coming. 
what they're coached to do is to look at the wide receiver. Watch him. Yes. So if the wide receiver extends his hands a little bit too early, boom, the defensive back knows it's coming. He can get his hands in there. Sure, it tips him off. Exactly. Right. The great wideouts, especially the deep ball guys, don't show their hands until the last minute. That's yeah. a skill, and you cannot do that unless you have strong hands. Yeah. yeah. Right. So back to Doxon. Yeah, I know. So I was going to say, I like the landing spot. I've heard some knocks on the landing spot with Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson there. Yeah, I, I like the landing spot. Uh, not worried about that one ounce. Um, and I, I think I think he'll be good there. And we didn't talk about Corey Coleman. I don't want to rewind. We didn't talk about Corey Coleman's landing spot in Cleveland, but good all, offensive-minded coach there. Mm-hmm. And uh, really no competition there right now. Right. So, uh, but anyway, sorry. Um, good landing spot, ability to adjust to the ball. He won't have the physicalness that Treadwell will, obviously. Uh, he's not that type of size. Uh, he's longer, lankier. Uh, yeah. But the, the, the physicalness or the, the talent to go and get the ball is what I really loved. And catching the ball away from his body, uh, I was attracted to right away. I think he was one of the first guys that I looked at, and I think I told you about it, so... Excellent. So, uh, also, just to shout out Michael Thomas, uh, Sterling Shepard, Tyler Boyd, and Leontay Carew, mm-hmm. right, also being drafted there. Uh, any quick thoughts about them, or should we just move on to quarterbacks? I'll tell you, just the one thing I'll say about Doxon, and the GM loves him, I'm a little less bullish. And the reason I want to say this is a contrast to what I was saying about Treadwell and Corey Coleman, where they're, they're just physical-minded football players they like contact they, they even have an attitude they play with Doxon is more um, of the finesse type as the GM said it's a beautiful thing to watch at the catch point but I, I some I'm, when I look at him I say okay how is he going to handle pro cornerback physical press man coverage and also when you get to that catch point those guys are physical even then so that's, the, that's a question mark I have with him doesn't mean he won't be able to do that Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, when I look at him, I don't see those question marks with the other two. I'm not sure with him, mm. where he's a bit of he's a finesse receiver. I'm not sure if he likes contact. And one thing, not to get down in the weeds, and I'll end on this, I think he's a bit upright from release into stem. And also, when I see him, when he does get a good So release, wait a minute, just so the people know, release into stem. Oh, I'm sorry, right. When you, The release is your start, right? Mm-hmm. On the line of scrimmage, so it, it's it's almost uh, uh, verbatim for for what the word is. It's, right, really coming so. out of your stance, right? Coming out of your right. stance, right? And you need to explode out of that. Your stem is the straight line you run before you get to your break. Right, right. Your stem should look the same for every route that yes. you run. If you master the craft, right, right. If you have a defender playing playing press coverage and they want to get their hands on you, it is your job to get them off of you and get into your stem. And sometimes when you are playing a press man corner, you're going to have to do some things, you know, maybe get off the line, right? You're going to maybe have to step inside, step outside, and do some things horizontally or laterally. But nevertheless, you got to end up or you have to get back to that straight line where you belong. That's where the quarterback expects you to be. That's where the coaches expect you to be. Okay, and you have to do it within a certain amount of time because the pass rush is coming. So sure. You yeah. have to. You cannot avoid contact. And you were saying for Doxon, he's a little upright. Yeah, he. whereas I would like him to get lower pads over um, knees. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. think about, if you kind of think about the angle there versus kind of being straight back a bit. 
Yeah. Sometimes kind of using his hips, digging his hips type thing. Yeah, yeah. Kind of on his toes a little bit too much for me, even though you don't want to be on your heels because you'll fall down when you get into your break. But still, he's on his toes, meaning the base isn't there that I see in the other two. Right. Okay. So he doesn't play with the same weight in his frame. So that's something I'm looking at. Now, he has flashed the ability to do that, so it's not like it's something wrong with him and he can't do it. It's just a matter of getting that into his game. Yeah. It's just he has to prove it. So yeah. uh, let's move to the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. We're going to focus. Yeah, we're going to focus on three of them right now. Drafting quarterbacks is uh, who even knows what it is. It's not a science and it ain't an art. No one knows how to do it. Um, But we will start with the all-around first pick, Jared Goff, coming out of Cal. Going to the L.A. Rams, the L.A. Rams. Whoa. The Angeles Rams. (laughs) It takes some getting used to, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You want to start on this one? Yeah, I'll take it. Um, Jared Goff, um, I'm a big fan of his. Um, And again, as, as moderator, as you said, I mean, some people have called drafting quarterback a fool's errand. Yeah, <laughs> right. I guess guesswork because there's so many things in the transition um, that you cannot account for. Um, Jared Goff, we talked about the air raid, right? Another yeah. came out of the air raid system from um, at Cal, at Cal Berkeley University of California, whatever you want to call it, Golden Bears. Played for Sonny Dykes, who was also an air raid disciple, obviously. Okay. Um, this is a guy, when I look at quarterbacks, I'm looking for quick decision makers, first of all, okay? Mm-hmm. Get the ball out. Well, read the pre-snap read, post-snap read, get the ball out, right? You also have to be able to go from one read to the next to the next quickly. So if something's not there, you need to get off of it. Yeah. You don't hold on to it, wait for the guy to get open. You need to recognize that he's not and move to the next guy. He does that well pocket movement and when we talk about that those are subtle movement with movements within the pocket and that's more what I call mobility not runners a lot of people like a mobility or assign that to running quarterbacks no when I say mobility are you able to move in the pocket subtle movements a step here a step there climbing the pocket is that's moving up in the pocket to make a throw right so he has all those things one thing I'll also say playing in the pack 12, I think it is now. I want to see Pac-10, which is showing my age, but it's the Pac-12 now. Um, His offensive line wasn't always up to the task against the competition, so he played with a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. That's important for me to see. Yeah, that's good. That's what you're going to see in the pros. Right. How does he adjust to that? Another thing you'll have, you'll hear a lot of people talk about footwork and and, and throwing. You know, they have this idea that you're supposed to you're like a statue and you're supposed to stand a certain way and throw a certain way. Whereas when the bullets start firing, flying, I mean, especially in the pros, you have to be able to throw off balance. That has to be able Bill Walsh was one of the big people on this. You have to be able to throw off your base. Yeah. Like off your back foot. Yes. Off your back foot. Maybe you're drifting in a certain way. Maybe you had to sidestep and you couldn't reset fully. He's able to do that. Now again, to the system, the air raid is notoriously simple right it's a shotgun system so he doesn't play under center mm-hmm. these are this is the learning curve he's gonna have to learn this going into the pros so you're yeah, talking about with the, the the snap and all of that stuff is gonna be different for him 
Right. Also, um, he's going to be playing with Todd Gurley, right? So they're going to be some undercenter work. Um, play play action fakes, he's going to have to get used to outside of that um, read option. Veer fake, you'll see. The yeah. inverted veer fake, you'll see in the shotgun systems or the air raid system. He's going to have to learn that. Um, the footwork in the drops, five, seven. Even though you get some of that in the shotgun, but he's going to have to learn it from under center. Um, timing. And things like that's going to be a little different. So um, there's some complexity to the pro offenses that he's going to have to learn coming out of the air raid. And Scout, are you are you worried about any of the weapons that he's coming? We we talk about Gurley. We know that's a, no problem. Right. They're going to set things up well for him. Uh, that's no problem. Are you worried about any weapons there? I know Tavon Austin kind of came on a little bit last year, showed some flashes of what they really wanted out of him. He can move around. That's for right. sure. Uh, he, he doesn't have that guy, right? Is what you're yeah. talking about. Well, I mean, right now, probably you're looking at Kenny Britt and Brian Tavon Austin, Brian yeah. Quick, right, being your top three. I don't. I mean, you don't have explosive guys there, but I think he'll be all right, especially with Todd Gurley there. He's going to help everyone yeah. else. Yeah, he's definitely going to take a lot of pressure. I, I think he'll be. I initially, as you know, had a problem. I was really nervous about the Rams situation with Jeff Fisher, first of all. Right. Um. You know, because I don't like rookie quarterbacks going with defensive-minded guys. I think they ruin them. Right, Rex Ryan? <laughs> right. Um, so, that, yes, I did have some concern with that, but I, I, not so much anymore. I think he'll be fine. Um, but, like I said, I like the guy. He has a lot to learn, but the things I look for, um, again, pocket movement. Accuracy is dynamite. I didn't talk about that. And and, and one of the important things with that, because the NFL is, is really a short to intermediate passing game, right? You have to be able to hit guys in stride and put it in a place where they can catch and keep running. Yeah. Okay. He does that well. And that that is important in the screen game, which is a big part of, of football now. Um, again, like I said, short to intermediate routes. And he's even a gifted long passer. People have knocked his arm. But it's not an issue. Yeah, and I think the accuracy thing is so important, touching on what you said before, is to be accurate right off the bat is is, yeah. is one thing. But to when that when the defenses and the pros get to you and start making you move around and making your body be putting your body in different positions that you're not used to passing from, that accuracy being great off the beginning will only be lessened slightly as compared to a guy that might really get thrown off his game and start, yeah, you know, heaving the ball out of bounds once he has to move. And as we move forward with some of the, 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 the other two guys, we'll talk about this, but what I will say in closing is I'm of the belief that you are either accurate or you aren't. So you don't um, think it's something that can be learned? I, I don't. Outside mm-hmm. of some serious mechanical issue you have, with mm-hmm. your throwing or your base, I don't think it's something that improves. If you're spraying a ball around and you're playing Division One college football, I just believe that'll continue. Yeah, and I think the history of football has uh, shown that. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, now, right on his heels, second pick, yeah. Carson went out of North Dakota, went to the Eagles. With the yeah. Philly, didn't he? Well, he yeah. has to suffer those those fans. They they're rough. Oh man. The fans, the media, yeah. Yeah, that's a rough town. But if he plays well, it won't matter. They'll love him. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Carson Wentz, um, North Dakota State, that's Division One, AA, I believe, FCB football, not bowl championships here, FCS, I'm sorry. 
basketball mm-hmm. championships or whatever it stands for anyway. Um, so he people are concerned about the lesser talent he plays against. Um, so the speed of the game, he'll have a larger leap from that that level of play to the pros. Doesn't concern me too much with that. Um, his offense at North Dakota State now, um, when you contrast it with the air raid out at, at Cal, is more diverse. He has more pro concepts. So that's why some people had him number one over Goff coming in. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's played under center. Um, he he is very good with the play faking again because he's done it. Um, uh, hiding the ball, things like that, coming out of out of, from under center and faking to the running back, doing those play action kind of things. Um, what I will say about him versus Goff, um, I, he's not as accurate as Goff, which is not the end of the world because he's accurate enough. Um, again, I, I minimize the deep ball, but he doesn't throw it as well as Goff does. Does so Goff gets the edge there, but he's not as accurate as Goff on any level to me. Um, also, he tends to get a little sloppy um, with his throwing base, especially when he comes off his first read and has to reset and go to his second and third. So I do see that. Um, so he, he has a tendency. Again, he's not inaccurate. He's accurate enough to be right. effective to really good, um, maybe even great pro quarterback, depending on how he develops. But it's not at Goff's level. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so, what there is a, so there's a, small, uh, a larger drop-off. that movement we talked about if that first read is not there Mm -hmm. a larger drop off in accuracy right going to that next progression exactly um so what i will say where he does have an edge on goff is he's a better athlete so he's a he's a really good runner which will add a dimension to your your offense and the pros even now where we have some of the read option game that's sprinkled in right he's a threat when it comes to that. So the defense has to pay attention to that to a degree. I mean, he's not Cam Newton, but no one is. Yeah, but, no, no. no one is, but he's still, or Russell Wilson, but he's still able to threaten with it. He's a really good runner. Mm, um, Word around the campfire is that he uh, beat Laquan Treadwell in a race. So, no. Oh, kidding. really? <laughs> 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 That's a, okay. So uh, let's get in uh, Paxton Lynch as well. Yeah. Yeah, this will be quick. Coming out of Memphis, going to the Broncos. Yeah. Um, this okay. is the six seven kid. I'm calling him a kid. He's a grown man, right? Yeah. Um, six seven two fifty ish, big yeah. guy. Mm. Um, we talked about accuracy. He has issues. Mm. In it, at every big. level, at every level. Yeah. Well, you know, big big arm. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the biggest arms in the draft. Maybe Cardell Jones will have something to say about that. But it, now, when we talk about his accuracy, I do see issues with his footwork most notably what he does with his front leg when he strides that leg should have a bend to it he tends to lock it out and it's straight uh which causes the the inaccuracy to me Mm -hmm. okay the question is can that be fixed and if and when it is fixed does his accuracy improve yeah so now because he's six seven he can see the whole field (laughs) yeah yeah. Right, also, right. There, there are some decision making issues, I'll say. Yeah. Um, where if a guy's open, I talk about, look, I want that ball out of your hands with my quarterbacks. I don't want you looking for big plays. Mm-hmm. The rush is coming. I did see some, unless he's just not seeing the short guy, which I would hope is not the case, that would be even worse. Yeah. But <laughs> um, he has a tendency to hold it too long. Mm hmm. And I'm gonna going to assume that that I mean I haven't I can't interview the guy so I'm gonna assume that's looking for the big play yeah and maybe that's something that can be coached 
Um, so again, we want the rhythm passing, or I want it. Yeah. That Goff and Wentz are better at. Lynch is more of a uh, a wild card when it comes to that. I'll call him. And the problem in the NFL is, are they going to have the time, Scout? No. Get all of that stuff into his body. That's a big question. Yeah, I was going to – that's exactly a very, very important thing we didn't touch on in these quarterbacks is with Goff and Wentz. And I think we know the answer of Paxton Lynch. I think we know the answer of all three. I think all three of these guys will be not thrown into the fire right off the bat. They all are behind some – we'll say established guys that yeah we hope they're not thrown into the fire these are these kind of guys that that year on the bench and working with mark sanchez in denver Mm -hmm. and um let's see uh, sam bradford which that is a mess (laughs) right now (laughs) i don't even know what's gonna happen there so maybe golf is starting i don't know what's gonna happen there (laughs) Uh, yeah but there's an established starter is what you're saying right gm there's one thing Yeah, yeah, I think all three of these guys will not be starting game. Goff's the only question mark. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because I don't well, know what's going on there, but he's yeah. most likely to start. But I think he's... Oh, I yeah, I said well, weather that. I mean, I said Goff when I met Wentz in yeah, Philly. Yeah, you yeah, got it. That, but yeah. yeah, that's a good point because the NFL likes throwing these guys when they draft them highly out there and they're not ready. And that's why you get the... 50-50, maybe even worse. I'm calling it 50-50 meaning it's a crapshoot whether a guy's yeah. going to succeed or not, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're going to link the Ruining Quarterbacks uh, article, Scout, that, that you sent in. So, everybody, you can read that to, to get even more information on the importance of not playing these uh, young quarterbacks too much too soon. Okay. Um, now, to wrap this up, Sleeper picks. Uh-oh. Uh, GM, let's start with you. Who's your sleeper pick from this draft? Uh, a guy I like, uh, Malcolm Mitchell, uh, wide receiver, Georgia. Uh, he is just I, – I like everything. He's like that – he's like the Ezekiel Elliott. I like I, – I feel like he does everything well. Mm-hmm. Um, I love his fluid movement. I love the way he sets up defenses in the open field. Um, what I watch from him is if he needs to catch the ball away from his body, he's very, very capable and he catches it well. Uh, he will let the ball get to his body, but only in the situations that call for it. If the situation calls for him to catch it away, that's not a problem either. So. Um, I, I like him after the catch. Uh, he just – and he went to the Patriots. So, yeah, uh, we know they could use a wide receiver, um, a, a taller wide receiver especially, uh, one, a guy that can that can open things up a little bit. So, you have Gronkowski there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, he's definitely going to open things up for you. And then I think Mitchell slides in there very soon. And, again – the Patriots. I mean, they're going to do good things, and I and they obviously like them. They took them in the third round, so yeah, that's that's my guy. I'm 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 keeping an eye on here. Perfect. Yeah, and the Patriots they just know how to use guys, so that's good. All right, Scout, wrap it up for us. Who's your sleeper pick? Let me get my crystal ball. Wait a second. <laughs> uh, no, um, Keith Marshall. Ironically enough, also a Georgia product. There you go. Those yeah. dogs. Yeah. Like the running back. Um, like him a lot. Um, he's a guy that's had 
injuries throughout college. Um, had a, a serious knee injury. Then I think that kind of trickled down to an ankle injury. Um, came in with Todd Gurley, and they were like a one-two punch. I think their freshman year. Mm. So he was a stud. Okay, at one point, then the injuries. Now he's kind of faded into obscurity. But strong runner. Um, I think he can run gap or we talked about gap or zone. Yep. Um, pad level is great. Um, takes what he's given. I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't good decision maker. Um, now he's an explosive athlete by the numbers four three one forty. I believe explosive leaper. And really, when you want to look at explosivity, if that's a word, um, <laughs> typically. <laughs> Look at your 40 time, your 10 yard split is what I like to look at. And also your vertical leap and then your broad jump. If you really want to get into the testing, those will tell you how fast a guy goes proverbially, proverbially from mm-hmm. zero to 60 is what yeah. we call it, which is that burst. So he has that. But the knock is later in his career, post injury, he hasn't broken a lot of long runs in college. So people are questioning that from mm. him. Mm-hmm. which could be not which I would contend is not speed based I talked about before it is being able to set up the defense in the second and third level which is the linebackers and the defensive backs yeah. which gets you those long runs along with your wide receivers blocking that's why Arian Foster broke so many long runs even though he was by testing standards slow okay all right so, sounds good that's and my he- guy yeah, he went to the Redskins just so everybody knows mm-hmm. all right so you know what you guys great job We got a lot of information in, um, and we'll continue to come back to the NFL and see how these guys develop. So for the scout, for the GM, this is the moderator, everybody. We'll check in next time. Listen to Connoisseurs of Sport every Monday at DailyDynamic.com.